you could turn to your Bibles to Psalm 121. Well, friends, here we are. It's almost a new year, almost on the eve of a new year. We got 2020, epic year behind us. We're looking ahead to 2021 now. And today's sermon will be, it's just kind of a one-up here as we, before we cut into our new series. And I, I just want to preach a sermon that hopefully would encourage our hearts as we go into to a new year. Looking back, I, I don't need to list a bullet out of everything that was just crazy for you or for all of us collectively in 2020. The reality of what hit us kind of mid-March with COVID and everything else from lockdowns to things that have happened in our country. But sometimes just, just an image, maybe a meme, can help say a lot in very little. So I came across this one a while back, me being prepared for 2020, 2020. So I don't know how you prepare for 2020, but man, I, whatever you did, I don't think we were expected, it could, could uh, take what was coming for us. And 2020 has hurt, and hopefully we can laugh at some of those things. Uh, maybe in the future we can laugh more. But as we turn this corner, we, we kind of have this unspoken expectation maybe that there's like going to be a magic sort of... S- switch that'll flip and something is going to be different. Um, I was driving with my kids the other day and we were just talking about the new year coming and, and one of my, my boys just said, I can't wait for 2021. I just past this whole year, I feel like I've, I've, like I've been dirty. It's like I, I can't wait for the new year. It's like I feel like I'm just going to get washed. And I, I get sort of the, the analogy. I, get, I resonate with what he's saying. I, I want... This to just this grime to sort of wash away, and for something new to, to come to us. But unfortunately, nothing magical is going to happen when that clock, that clock strikes on the thirty first into the first. We're going to wake up. It's going to be another day. Most of us, if not all, the things that we feel and the challenges that we face right now are going to be present upon us. But this, this is the hope we have as Christians, church. We, we know that all that is happening is going somewhere, right? There is nothing purposeless in our life or what that God is doing. God is on the throne, and he has plans. He has purpose. And because he's good and because we are his, everything that is taking place Everything that is coming to us is passing through his loving hands to us. And he's doing something. He's doing something not just in the cosmos, but for us individually and personally. And so as we journey into a a new year, we know that God is, is watching over us. He's active in all those details. And I believe Psalm 121 has some strength, uh, strengthening truths for our hearts today. It's a it's actually a psalm that was a, a preparatory song for a journey. Uh, a, it's about a journey, and it is for a journey. And I and I think it has relevance for us this morning to assure our hearts that God is is keeping us every single step, every single day that we're going to navigate tomorrow into twenty 
21 until the end. And so let's turn our hearts to this psalm this morning and then we're going to pray for the Lord to be with us. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray. Well, Lord, we thank you. We thank you this morning that you, you want to speak to our hearts today. We thank you that we can come and gather and know that your spirit desires to draw us into a rest and a confidence that Psalm 121 wants to, to bring us into, to know that you are, are with us. And that whatever today has going on in our life, in our circumstances, and whatever this year holds, Lord, your, your eyes are on us. You are near your people. And so would you, would you give us faith today as we open up your word? Would you speak to our hearts? In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. Well, I'm just going to give this little pep talk maybe every time I preach. So I'm going to be preaching a little bit more this coming New Year. Um, smaller crowds here, face masks, can't see you, can't hear you. We're all spread out. I just want to know you're here with me. So amening with your eyes, amening through your masks. Just lean in with me, not just for my sake, but I know it benefits us as a people uh, to hear we're connecting. So um, Join me as we hear God's word. Okay, Psalm 121. Well, Psalm 121 is among a collection of 15 psalms called the Songs of Ascent. Psalm 120 through 134. And it's likely these were designated with this name, Songs of Ascent, because there were songs sung by God's people as they ascended or they traveled from outlying areas uh, to the city of Jerusalem, particularly for worship at the temple for the three major feasts through the year. And so the psalm captures this prayer of this, this sort of pilgrim, uh, journeying worshiper as they move towards God, move towards God's place, his presence where his temple was. It's echoed, and you can see this like in Psalm 122, verse 1, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So this individual and collective grouping of people moving towards God's presence. It was a and it was a preparatory song in that as they were to set out on this trip, it would likely be a dangerous journey. Uncertainties with weather, uncertainties with what could happen, would we be attacked by thieves, what could take place on our trip? So knowing that there are threats on this journey, 
these truths as they sung them again and again, collectively together. It's possible it was an antiphonal psalm where you could sing it back to one another and they would join their voices together. That their hearts and minds would have a confidence as they went on the journey as a worshiper that God was going to be with them every step of the way. And so let's tune into this psalm this morning. So the psalm begins by declaring, I lift up my eyes to the hills, and then asks this question from where does my help come? So as the, the psalmist journeys, imagining them as they travel, they're, they're coming up upon some hills, maybe some mountains, and as they near, near them, they, they realize they are in need of help. There's, there's vulnerability, there's possibly insecurity there. Because you see that the hills could be both a place to induce fear and anxiety, or it was maybe a means to instill anticipation for what, what is ahead. So would the traveler be robbed or attacked, or were the hills pointing to the fact that they are nearing and they're close to the place of God's presence, the holy city? One commentator, Derek Kidner, writes this, protection is a burning issue for the pilgrim who's traveling arduously and through lonely country. Does the opening line show an impulse to take refuge in them? Or are the hills themselves a menace, the haunt of robbers? So you feel the tension there. You see what that question is implying. And it's okay that we don't have to, we don't have to resolve that. But what we do know is this, this travel, this journey was fraught with fears and worries. But looming was this idea of protection. Would they, the pilgrim worshiper, make it? And as we read the Psalms, as you read through the Psalms, and if you are a Christian and you have been one for very long, you know that the path of faithfulness and obedience for the worshiper of, of the Lord means we are not immune to fear. It, it, it doesn't mean that we will not encounter anxious circumstances. And we have had our share this year of, of hostile, menacing hills bearing down upon us. Fearful possibilities, maybe that have pounced or feel like they're still about to, to pounce on them. It, it maybe would be the plague from without or just our anxiety from within. Fears of all shapes and sizes. I mean, it, it, it is like crystal clear in my mind. Even, I mean, we just talking to someone this morning. It's like, and it, we're going to be a year removed from all of this sort of blowing up really quick. But March 13th, it was a Friday. It's Friday the 13th. And I was traveling back from the country of Jordan with Josh Montague. And all, we, all I could see was news about this pandemic coming in and, and airports closing and a very unhelpful announcement from our president, which my wife interpreted and many other people thought that if you were coming out from another country, you, the airports were closed and you were going to be stuck out there. And so my wife thought I was going to be stuck in Jordan maybe for like a month or something. And, and it just seemed a domino from there for us. A recent Christianity Today article entitled 2020's Most Read Bible Verses highlighted the increase of searches on Scripture uh, 
during the pandemic. And it, it noted the popular YouVersion Bible app saw searches increase by 80% in 2020, totally nearly 600 million worldwide. The most search phrase, do not fear. The most search verse that came up ranked in all the searches and bookmarks in the app was Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So fear spiked in the hearts of people because there was a fearful situation upon us. It was a reality, right? And fears grip our hearts, often in those places of the unknown, the future. Something out there is, is screaming at us, telling us something is going to happen, predicting a situation in our life about us, about God. So as we lift our eyes to our hills, fear comes. It's fear of failure. It's fear of the future. It's fear of losing something we love. Do you know that one of the most repeated commands in Scripture is fear not? Over 300 times, and it comes in different forms. I am with you. I will uphold you. And we can hear that fear not as really two different ways. It can kind of sound like a command, like an edict from a king, like don't fear. Or we can hear this like a loving father who's coming to us and saying, I'm with you. I'm here. Know that I am present. Trust me. And as we journey into 2021 and what might loom ahead, you might be just already calculating what feel, you look to your hills and it just might feel like more anxiety, more fear shouting at you. And those fears and those anxieties, what they reveal to us is that we, we need help. We are vulnerable. We are weak. And Psalm 121 comes to guide our hearts into our help. Who is our help? Well, the psalmist says, as he looks to the hills, either as refuge or threat, what will be his security? My help comes from Yahweh, the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. So as he gazes at the trail of head or the mountains sort of rising and falling, the Lord is who he fixes his heart upon. The, the hills were not meant for us to stay fixed and gazed upon. They were supposed to be looked through so that we could set our eyes upon the Lord, the help, the creator who made heaven and earth. The Lord is the one who spoke these hills into existence. By his will, they were made, and he upholds every cleft, every rock, every grain of sand, and he is upholding all of this by the power of his word in that moment. His confidence is personal. My help rests in the one who is upholding all of this universe, including these mountains and these hills that seem to be looming ahead of me. He is my safety. So where the mountains and the future and the unknowns would provoke worry, he's recalling 
Who made these mountains? Who crafted these hills and these valleys? Who actually knows the future? It is the Lord. He is my help in this moment. And, he's, and he isn't a detached, disengaged spectator. It is the Lord who keeps his covenant people. You probably notice this repetition through this psalm, this word keep. It is the Hebrew word shamar. The word keep can be rendered to protect or to guard. It, it, it means to attend to carefully. This is like the theological anchor here in our psalm. Six times we see these words in these eight verses. A reminder, it is the Lord who ultimately keeps the worshiper. We find the same wording in the priestly benediction found in Numbers 6, which would be spoken over Israel repeatedly over and over again as they gathered. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace comes when we know it is the Lord keeping us. God's people are cared for by his ever-present, watchful, guarding eye. He keeps them. And as the Lord's keeping, he's guarding them in a specific way. And, and notice how our voice changes from my to you. He attends to you. God says to us, to you, I attend to you carefully. The Lord will not let your foot be moved. So on this steep, possibly treacherous path, all the ups and downs, the Lord is going to steady their feet so they would not slip. This is, this, the travelers would likely be on foot. Maybe they would be a donkey somewhere in there. But there was no four-by-four four SUV sort of road here. It was step-by-step step heading towards the Lord's presence. This meant that there were many possibilities for injury, for falling, maybe to your peril. But the Lord is the one who called them to this journey. And on this journey of faithfulness to encounter his presence, he would get them to their destination. And yet this was a tiring journey for the worshiper. So it meant rest. It meant sleep. Sleep is one of the most vulnerable things we can do. We, we lay down and we are absolutely exposed, unguarded, we have to release control when we go to sleep. It is an act of faith when we sleep. And our sleep affirms that we are mortal. We have mortality and that we have weakness. People get tortured by trying to keep you awake. If you do not sleep, you will go crazy. Your body will shut down. All the moms with small children are saying amen. Gone crazy a couple times. So here we are. Tired, unguarded, vulnerable, yet in contrast, unlike us, the Lord brings tireless, keeping protection. Look at our verse. He who keeps you will not slumber. 
And to deepen the point, we sing it again. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He does not have to rest. And he does not rest from watching us. 2020 has been exhausting. Physically, mentally. I'm sure there were moments for you, maybe in the the chaos where... Maybe in your heart, you even just ask that question. Is is he asleep? Is he even aware of what's going on? Is the Lord's eyes shut to my circumstances? Whatever it has felt like, we know he has not for a moment taken his gaze off of his people. He hasn't slumbered. He hasn't clocked out. There isn't a nanosecond that he hasn't had his watchful eye and keeping guard upon you. The Lord does not weary in protecting his people. Our frailty and our weakness doesn't repel him. It actually actually draws him to us. He doesn't take a nap like we need. He He never grows faint or grows weary, Isaiah 40, 38. And yet our hearts are oftentimes restless in ways that we should not be. Maybe 2020 was a a year where you were not able to sleep. What can keep us up at night tossing in our beds beds is, is anxious hearts toiling over the things that we have little to no control over. And yet we still fret the what-ifs, the predictions. And the Lord calls us to rest in him because he is the one guarding. He is the one keeping. We are not the ones guarding or keeping. He calls us to cast our cares on him for he cares for us. So this is an encouragement for you. I don't know what wrestling, toiling, the thing that you you feel like you have to keep, that you have to guard, the Lord is saying, cast that upon me. Lay the burden upon me. I stay awake to keep you. I do not rest to keep you. Give it to me. Release it to me. He stays awake like a good father watching over his child so that they can rest. I keep you. So we've seen some threats already and of course they continue. Now we see the, the arid climate, the heat, or even the cold in this place could have drastic or even deadly implications. Israel knew this as they wandered in the desert, and this is a reality for them now as they travel. The harmful effects of the sun or the freezing temperatures of the cold. And yet, the Lord is the one who is there sheltering, absorbing all of those dangers. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Notice our beautiful poetic parallel statements driving home. 
telling us the Lord is your shelter. In the extremes, the Lord is watching. He's right there by our side, 24 hours a day, guarding his people, pounding heat by day, evening cold, shaded in safety. Night and day, the Lord is with us. In Yet even in the most dangerous sort of natural threats like weather, preservation is needed for even, even more deadly enemy. Look at verse 7. The Lord will keep you from all evil. More than simply being vulnerable to physical harm, we see evil present. Evil present possibly even bringing spiritual death. And the pilgrim knows God is present. They, they, would, they would echo what we even sang this morning, Psalm 23. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you, what? Are with me. You are with me. Well, saints, we know this isn't, this isn't a promise for comfort or, or an ease of life or that suffering would not come our way, but, but we see Psalm 121, 7, as it says, the Lord is the one who will keep your life. The Lord is the one who's going to promise protection for what would be ultimate destruction for his people, meaning our bodies may perish, but no attack can take away what is most essential for us as his people. Our souls will be kept by God. Our life in the end with him will be kept. And if that wasn't summarizing enough, God preserves and protects his people, not in just one journey to Jerusalem and return, but for all future journeys. Look what our Scriptures say the psalmist lays this claim out that the Lord will keep Israel in your going out and your coming in from this time forth forevermore. And so, metaphorically, what we see is that God is going to keep them in every path that life brings. Whatever may demand, the Lord, this parable of the life with God, He is keeping them, He is with them. You see our repetition in this song, this, this confidence, I am with you. The Lord is keeping you. I am present with you. So when we step out tomorrow, the Lord is keeping us. When we wake up the next day, the Lord is keeping us. Derek Kigner again says this, to be kept from all evil does not imply a cushioned life, but a well-armed one. The psalm ends with a pledge which could hardly be stronger or more sweeping. You're going out and you're coming in is not only a way of saying everything, it draws attention to one's ventures and enterprises and the home which remains one's base, to pilgrimage and return, to the dawn and the sunset of one's days. But the last line takes good care of this journey. It would be hard to decide which, of, which half of it is the more encouraging. The fact that it starts from now or that it runs on 
not to the end of time, but to time without end. Like God himself, who is my portion forever. Perpetually, for all our days, right this minute, tonight, tomorrow, he is present with his people. On and on, without end, and to time without end. This is a song we need to sing today. This is a song we need to sing this year. This is the disciples' song. We are God's church. We are God's people. And we, we have confidence the Lord is watching over us, our going and our coming in from this time through eternity, church. The Lord is our keeper. And we are traveling. We are we are sojourners. We know this as believers. Our destination, our home is not here. We are journeying to our homeland, our celestial city in the presence of God, and he's, he's keeping us. And yet this is a, a plodding journey. This is a, every day we get up and we step, another step, another step. But the one who is keeping us and guarding us is what matters. Not our keeping of ourself or our guarding of ourself, but in all our weaknesses and all our sufferings, he's with us. He's with us, church. And, and we need to know this because the ebb and flows of the Christian life are, are big. There are times when, when the dry, arid conditions of our soul, it just seems like God's presence, our love for him is far and distant I need to know in that moment, he's the one keeping me. When anxiety and fear mounts in my heart, I'm just bracing for what maybe the hills are going to have around the corner. He's keeping me. He is the one guarding us. And, and this is what we need to remind ourselves as well, church, that God's radical mercy and grace has come to us to guard us and keep us from the blow, the strike that would be most deadly to us. It didn't, doesn't come from an earthly attack. There's, it's not an earthly evil or an earthly plague. It is the sin of our own heart that without Jesus Christ, without the gospel, without his grace and mercy, the, the greatest danger, the greatest threat would be the righteous wrath of God. The ultimate harm that could come to us is being lost from God, of not being in that place of his presence. And yet, for those in Jesus, that will not happen. That will not happen. The Apostle Paul seeks to assure Christians in Romans 8 of that. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What threats feel like they're looming for you around the hills on your journey 
this coming year. It is the love of God in Christ Jesus that we look for, for confidence in the keeping and the guarding that we truly, deeply need. And where was this most radically displayed? This shamar, this keeping, this guarding, it is in what Jesus has done for us in the gospel. And so we, we lift our eyes not to the hills, we, we lift our eyes to a hill, to a hill where his cross stood and where he bled and bore our judgment from all evil and the evil of our own heart. And this sort of keeping, this sort of guarding is what he will keep us through to the end. So more than being struck by earthly pain, church, instead of being struck by God's holy justice, Jesus was struck. Jesus was struck for all of those who repent and place their faith in him. So now what is the shade, the shelter? We are shaded and sheltered under the love of God in his righteousness. This day forevermore. And this is what is beautiful. Jesus knew that his disciples, as he was commissioning them, as he was about to depart, that they were weak, that they would struggle, that they would doubt, that they would fear, that they would have vulnerabilities. And so he, he prays for them. And he prays for you today. He prays for us. John 17, 11 says, I am no longer going to be in the world and yet they themselves are in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father, keep them. Keep them in your name, the name which you have given me. He's praying for you. He has prayed for you. He's praying, keep them. We have a destination that awaits church. We are we are worshiping our way and are coming and are going to a place where, where no sun will scorch us and fears and anxieties for a new year that loom ahead will be gone. Revelation 7, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat for the lamb is in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water and will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the place we're heading. This is the place we are going. Safety, peace, living water, joy, protection. And we are kept by him for this, saints. And in the meantime, 2021, 20, we... We will have moments of failings. Our feet will slip from obedience, but we know that there is therefore now no longer condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We can rush into his care and his grace. And we know that each day we can awake with daily empowering help. From where does our help come from? Well, the Lord would send the helper. He would send his spirit to his disciples to comfort and to help them, the guarantee of our future inheritance from this time forth forevermore. So the Holy Spirit comes to convict us and to guide us into truth so that we could not allow our feet to slip as we walk faithfully in obedience.
And so, so as we look ahead, church, 2021, we don't know what is forecasted, but we know a good sovereign God does know. And we know that whatever day comes, he is tirelessly, unceasingly keeping his people. His love is present for us. And, it, and I think just reminding ourselves that this, this psalm had maybe some antiphonal purposes, that it was meant to be sung one to another. Our, our walking, our plotting isn't to be done alone. There are moments where you are walking in step and the, the hills feel too overwhelming and you need someone to sing, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is going to keep your life to you. So we need to sing this song, not isolated, not by ourselves, but together, collectively, one to another, again and again, daily, one day, another day, and another day. Assuring our hearts, the Lord is our keeper. The Lord is going to keep our life. This is good news. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for keeping your people. Jesus, thank you for praying for us. Knowing that we will be guarded by your power till the end. To know that, Lord, you are the keeper of our life. But I don't know who here is today or watching, listening. Just they feel that their grip is so weak, it's about to slip. Lord, I, I pray that they would they would find fresh hope and faith, knowing, Lord, that their grip, their guarding isn't what will ultimately matter. It is you keeping them. And they would look with eyes of faith, Lord, to, Lord, to you, Jesus. And they would, they would see your glorious gospel and what you have achieved to rescue, save, and keep your people to the end. You are our help, Lord. So send your spirit to fill us with power and fresh help to endure. And Lord, not just to endure and to slog it through, but Lord, to endure with joy, knowing that this is progressing somewhere. And we are anticipating, Lord, to be in your presence. And so strengthen us. Strengthen us for this new year. Strengthen us for 2021. And let us this be a, a song that resounds in our hearts. From where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Today, tomorrow, and for this day forevermore, Lord, you are keeping us. Amen. Amen.